Hey. Hey, you. Yes. You. Do you want to feel good and look good? Be safe online in your business? Perfect. That's the place. That's the time. It's another episode of the Right Brain Geek podcast. Hi, mighty ones. I've got Donna with me today. I've met Donna in a Facebook group and I have fallen in love with her vibe. She's got a massive heart and her values are totally part of what we're doing here at the Right Brain Geek. So hi, Donna. Thank you for coming on the show. Hi, Pascal. And hello, everybody. It's wonderful to be here. Can you please introduce yourself? Tell us with a couple of sentences what you do in business, please. Yes. So my name is Donna Brown and I am a business mentor and an intuitive. And so I use really the 35 years of business experience and consulting and creative experience that I have together with spiritual practices and insight to help entrepreneurs create businesses that are really I would say a reflection of who they are and their, their deepest selves, really using business as a form of self-expression. I really love this and I, I love how you really speak about the values in business. So before we dive in, one of my value and one of the things I do believe are really crucial for people is a bit of self-care. I'm all about the self-care and I would love mm. you to join me for a deep breath. I love having a deep breath on the show that helps my people, my mighty ones, take a break in the madness of the weeks we have nowadays and just relax and take that deep breath together. Are you up for it? Lovely. Fantastic. So deep breath in, deep breath out. Thank you. Thank you. I can see you talk to people who have values in their priorities. You talk about working with seekers. Tell me a bit more about this and tell me how you build this value-based business. Mm. Well, I'm just going to start with your breath because it's a really interesting connection. Really, our breath is our connection to the whole world, right? From our, you want to, whether you want to call it our soul or spirit or whatever you want to call it, and our physical being to the rest of the world. That's really what unites us. Without that breath, mm. we wouldn't be here, right? It's very, very interesting. And really just that moment that you took to ground people and to just sort of let them relax and let go of certain things and just be here and sort of, yeah, just detach themselves from sort of that blender that we live in is really something that I also try to get my clients to do or encourage my clients to do in in deciding what to do about their business because we, there's so much emphasis on ideal client avatars and things like that, but it's really looking outside of ourselves for answers that are within us in the sense that if I'm going to build a business that is making going to make me happy because, of course, we're spending a lot of our time in in what we call business, right? Oh, yeah. If we don't make the effort or take the effort and that extra attention and awareness about ourselves to understand what really would make us happy and what we feel is important for us to bring forth and the way we wish to move in the world and that and those are our values as well, then it, there is no client that's going to give us that possibility. It's really tapping into our own selves, our own self-knowledge and what's important to us 
And offering that to the world and our ideal client is really the person who is ready to receive that. So what I wanted to say is that there's so much emphasis put on ideal client avatars. And I think that there's a fundamental error in looking outside of ourselves for something that we're trying to build to make ourselves happy. Our businesses ultimately do serve other people, but they're meant to tap into what is important to us and what is important for us to express in the world and we're using businesses as a means for self-expression and the more we know ourselves and the more we're tuned into what is important to us and that are those are our values amongst other things it becomes very natural to decide what to do and how to move in the world and your ideal client is none other than the person who is able to receive what it is you have to offer so as i said by moving back to your values and moving back to what is important to you and what would make you happy because of course if we're not living in alignment with our values that's where we end up feeling burnt out or dissatisfied and for example the corporate world is a really easy example of that to not sort of always sort of knock on it but it's really easy to be out of alignment or feel that your values are not being honored in the company that you work for so when you go out on your own it's really essential to take that time to understand what it is that's important for you and understand that the clients your ideal client is some behave that way and we're always starting the branding people and a lot of business coaches will tell you to start with your you know the ideal client but i really feel it's a little bit misleading yeah, because i think once you know exactly who you are and what is your strengths and what you can share with the most joy then things get easier. I've seen for myself, when I started focusing more on what I wanted to do and how I wanted to serve, it's been easier to get the right guest on the podcast. It's been easier to talk about what I wanted to do. And things start to click much more with everybody. You know, my relationship to the audience and the outside has been much easier. Lots of people think about data and numbers and all that kind of things. But as you said, if you start by the inside, mm -hmm. it just unfolds more organically. And something you said and something that's really prevalent on, on your site and something I really like, you said design your life. I think so many people decide to get into business, but they fail to create from themselves and for mm -hmm. themselves. It's a fantastic occasion, isn't it, when you create your business to design the life that goes with the business or to design the business so you get the life you aspire to. So people don't always grab that opportunity fully. They try to force other options on themselves. So how do you work with your clients to try to birth <laughs> that right business? I'm really curious about how you process when you meet someone because I know you don't take everyone as clients. So how do you find those ideal clients for you that really resonate and how do you help them? create that crafted business mm. it's really interesting that i'll say things that seem very similar to a lot of other people who are branding specialists and things like that because they're sort of catchphrases that come up a lot because they're true but they're truer on levels like you know you are your brand and you are your business this is said over and over and over again and quite often people will take that to mean let's say my aesthetics so the way i dress or the colors I like or the sort of my style if you want to call it that way or the language that I use but it's so much more than that like there's no part of you that isn't suitable to be included in your business and the people that as you were saying so many people don't take advantage of that because it's it's kind of strange we're very ingrained to think that business is something 
something can, in, totally separate from ourselves and that it doesn't necessarily have to be a reflection of who we are, right? This is sort of a leftover from, you know, the corporate environment or big businesses and things like that. So with my clients, it really is a method of self-inquiry. I do start with different questionnaires about, you know, I send them a bunch of questions that really start, that go at things from two different sides, right? They go from the sort of, where are you in your business? What are you earning? What would you like to earn? What is working? What isn't working? That sort of very classic stock taking, if you like, and then going more into the values. And if, you know, if you could do anything and if you could be anything and if you could, you know, what is it that you would want to do and how is it that you would want to feel and more of this vision process and what is important to you, what values are important to you. If you were to give a value statement what are the values that are important? If you give a mission statement, what is your mission statement? And trying to really help them dig a little bit deeper into things because we don't always understand, like we don't always realize it. We'll discover things about ourselves. Basically, when we come against either a client or let's say, especially, you know, the famous Facebook feeds where there are all these comments and huge oh, discussions, yeah. right? Breakout. It's, yeah, because there, there's something that just all of a sudden really hits somebody in their values, at, quite often in their beliefs, but definitely also in their values. And one interesting thing I do with, I do several things. I have several techniques that I do have at my disposal in my toolkit, let's put it that way. But I also invite them to take up a meditation practice, even if it's very, very brief. I mean, you know, seven minutes a day, something like that. Nothing huge and not this giant revolution because it does really help you get out of your head because we spend so much time, you know, thinking of things and then rethinking them and re-rethinking them and we, we lose perspective and we lose really the connection of, as to why we thought something was a good idea or a bad idea at the beginning. I don't know if anybody's, I do this oh, all the yes. time, by the, the way, The guys. little bicycle that goes yeah. round and round and round with all the worst case scenario happening. Yeah, I think we've all been there. It's terrible. Oh, I have a... An, I know it's terrible. And I have a wonderful friend who is a former Buddhist monk who teaches meditation to the people that I work with if, if they choose to understand a little bit more about the various kinds of meditation because there's more than just mindfulness of the breath. There's also analytical meditation and there's visualization. And these are all things that have filtered into our world, into sort of what people would understand in the online world as vision boards and affirmations and a bunch of other things. But really, if you take them to an even simpler level, they can really help you unlock what is important and not is not important to you. And so there is that sort of really that fusion of spiritual and business practices. When you start a business, quite often you start to try to get the information and there is a lot of noise, you know, on social media and all sorts of websites. There's all those tactics that are not strategy. They're just like tactics. Oh, you should be on this website. You should be on that social media platform. And and people tend to listen quite often to the loudest person or the, the person that seems to get a lot of success out of those tactics without thinking first, does that apply to me? Does that apply to my way of living? And I think the work you do with your clients really shift that dynamic because you really cut the noise and allow them to really listen to what's important for them and then build upon this instead of just trying out like a, a mad person all the tactics available. <laughs> well, there's so many, like, let's call them skills, like so many skills that we try to learn, you know, 
how to build a website, how to do a, you know, automation, how to do this, like lots of skill building. I call it skill building courses. And because there are so many layers to an online business, which is deceptively simple. And when you start digging in, there are all these things to learn that we get confused. And we think if I just learn this, how to do this, then my business will take off. But we're forgetting really the foundation, which is a long-term vision and a strategy and not just tactics. So I really work with on, uh, on long-term visions and strategies for people. It's like, where do we want to go? We want to go to the moon. Great. Where now? How do we, and how can we get to the moon? And what do we need to get there? And looking at the resources that they have available, what is it that they may need, what they may not need, you know, what they're doing that will help them get in the direction, go that direction. And, and if there's anything that's without that and that they can get rid of, that they can, that, that's maybe they've taken on because everyone else is doing it, but it really doesn't suit them. We have this chance to play a lot more with our businesses and create something that is very unique to us and to the way we are and to what we have to offer because you know you have a very for example you pascal have a very unique a combination of skill sets and it would be lovely to see them meld together instead of living in two parallel worlds for example and this happens to a lot of people and we think we have to do one or the other but that's not necessarily true well i'm working on making a fusion of the two so watch this space as they say <laughs> i can't wait It's in the pipeline, pushing yeah. all the little bricks for that. So we'll see how it goes. Coming back to your clients, something that I really love as well. You have started a project that's called the Agents of Change, calling for people who are light workers and change makers. Can you talk a bit about this? Oh, yeah, this is really for anybody. This is, you don't even have to be, consider yourself a light worker or, or call yourself all these so-called fancy names, right? I have this, just this vision really came to me uh, about a year ago while I was, you know, doing these readings for clients about what their visions could be for their business and their long-term strategies could be for their business. It was coming up more and more that their, um, that their causes, the things that were important to them, uh, were actually an integral part of their message and their business plan rather than something separate. The difference between, let's say, the corporate social responsibility model where, let's say, I'm a corporation, I sell lots of things, the people who buy my things know that I give a certain amount to whatever it is, water, education, you know, rights, it doesn't really matter, to something good, okay, let's say for positive change. So the consumer is more likely to buy from me than for somebody who doesn't do that. But what I really understood is that in the, in the social media world, We have followings and we have people who follow us on Instagram, on Snapchat, on Pinterest, on, on Facebook. And, you know, even the Facebook group leaders, there are 1 billion people in Facebook groups. When you sit and think about 1 billion people, it's more than three times the United States. And these are people that are all interconnected. Huge. They are free to move any way they wish for anything they, they wish to create and to accomplish. So to me, the real, the sort of this, eye-opening moment was understanding that just think of for one moment everybody in a Facebook group gave one dollar just once in their lives that would be one billion dollars to change the world mm. as group leaders we have you know people or who anybody who has a social media following really has that opportunity to deepen that sense of community that they have within the groups because groups are quite often started for like to exchange ideas around business around let's say tech stuff or copywriting or business coaching, whatever it is that that person is doing as their sort of main gig, let's call it that. But it always includes 
people's failures and successes and personal stories and jokes and, you know, heartache and everything, because of course, we're a community of real people. So I also sort of resist that term virtual, because we're actually all real people. So there are 1 billion real people in real communities that just don't meet in person. So which I think is very, very different. And by harnessing this and including the people that are in our groups, really seeing ourselves as leaders in that way, I think we can do amazing things. And so I put together a toolkit that is obviously free, and it's the Agents of Change Project Toolkit, and you can find it on my website, donnabrown.com. But it really is, you know, to help you get some ideas as to how you can sort of galvanize and mobilize your community. It doesn't always have to be money. It could be resources. It could be time. It could be any any number of things. Even sharing. I think everybody has got more power than they think. You have the power to share information, yes. to share support. And in itself, it's already huge. And I think everybody should embrace that yeah. strength they don't realize they have as you said we can all be leaders even if it's between five people you yeah. can lead the way and yes. that's a good good reminder mm. and it, the other thing is you know there's always this constant search for content creation well what if you were to get dedicate some of your let's call it your social media bandwidth uh to talking about things that are important to you that that you care about you know fresh water anything just anything that really moves you trees dogs it doesn't matter there's so there's so much that needs doing and so much that can be approved upon that really just even compassion or you know positive you know what do they call it random acts of kindness things whatever it is but just spending a little bit of that time you know there are so many people who are racking their brains of you know how do i post three times a day in four different groups or four times a day in three to whatever it is in a bunch of groups, a bunch of times a day. And they're always struggling with content creation. Why not dedicate a part of your time and your, you know, as I said, your social media bandwidth to some, to a discussion of things that are bigger than us, because we love that sense of belonging and, and love the idea of being part of something that is larger I, than ourselves. This is human nature. I love that tip because it's really practical and it solves two problems at the same time. And I'm all about solving mm. two problems at the same time. I love that kind of magic ripple effect. Talking about tips and tricks, is there one tool or one software that really mm. helps you in your business? Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say my brain. <laughs> this is my brain geek. Uh, no, that's my, my favorite or thing. Or a tool so, you really rely um, on, or something you feel uh, really excited okay, about for the opportunity it brings to your business. Okay. Excited <laughs> is a big word. With tech and I, we don't, we Love have this, you know, <laughs> you know, I love hate relationship a little bit. And I'm gonna say, I, yeah, I guess I could even go that far to hate. I mean, I, because I would love to know more. To be perfectly honest, it's because I'm illiterate in some areas that I'm actually frustrated. Because if I, I think if I knew what to do, then I'd probably be a little bit happier. So the thing I love, for example, I love Google Drive, and I love using the Google. I love Google Docs, and I love doing the dictation mode because that's fun. I don't know if you, you guys use that. So free tool, the microphone. I love that. Yeah, fantastic tool. I'll put a screenshot on the blog article that goes with this podcast episode so people can see the little microphone yes. in Google Docs. It's so handy and almost nobody knows it's there, but it's also on iPhones. It's also there in your notes. You can also, there's a little microphone there as well, and you can do dictate in your phone. Another thing that I love is something brand new that I sent to you, which is Brand Folder. And it's interesting because it's a new service 
that I was given a, a year subscription to, but I love it. It puts all for PR because I'm trying to get out the world, especially about the Agents of Change project and my other way of working, which I call Ascended Business. Is It's a one-stop shop for anybody who has to do has anything to do with PR or media. So you send them the link and in there are your bio, there are your pictures, there's you know other articles that you've done. It all goes into one place and it's really, really super. I love Brand Folder. It's so easy and the layout that you saw that looks all nice and pretty, it's yeah. just awesome does it itself it's and it's really like, neat really it's easy to, very to use smart. it's very very smart if you think that pr is going to be an important part of your business which mine it for me it is like because as i said the agents of change project is really a movement it's not a money-making thing so it's really just to tell as many people as possible about this just to get the wheels turning and get them thinking about the fact that we really have this you know, this power of self-determination a lot more than well, we can really make any change we want in the world if we just decide that we're going to do it. And something else, I'd like a good scheduling, like a calendar thing. I do like that. I've just switched to one that's rolling out some new aspects of it. So it's not entirely complete right now. So I'm going to say I like it, but I'm waiting to say I love it. But I do like a good calendar, yeah. you know, like a booking system where you can pay online and booking. And so I would say those are the things I love the most. And uh, because I'm not really capable of doing much on my website by myself. I can change a few things around and I get all excited. It's good to have a couple of <laughs> tools that are easy to use and you can just set and forget kind of thing, isn't it? When you are busy working yeah. for your business, yeah. you want to have the details taken care of. So I'm totally with you on that one. <laughs> I've spent 30 years working in design and aesthetic things. Slack is, I hate to say it, is aesthetically unpleasing is the word I would use. <laughs> is the description I would use. So I don't enjoy using it. Asana looks a little bit better. Like I can't, teamwork, I didn't really didn't like, I shouldn't say that because people are going to hate me for that. But I'm, what I'm, I found all those systems not really suitable to me and there's something missing and they're all, I'm going to throw out a challenge to all of those people if there are, anybody's listening. So to Slack, Asana, teamwork, who else is there, Basecamp, all those Dips people. There's quite a few systems. But... Yeah, so, but there's no system that is self-contained. You always have to go to Google Drives or to Dropbox or to this or to that. There's nothing, nothing that is self-contained. If you want to chat, you have to go, like you always have to go somewhere to do something else. And for some reason, none of those systems actually reflect the way I think about a project. So I'm, once I figure that out, I'm going to get something because there's got to be more than one person that feels the way I do. Yeah, I will have a thing because, you know, systems are my uh, my jam. Oh. And once you send me a challenge, I'm on the hunt. So I'll, uh, I'll come back to you with that one. Yeah, I'm feeling the need for something that is more complete than that because things end up getting scattered. Uh, between WhatsApp and WhatsApp and, and Messenger and one of those, whatever you call them, team thing. Yeah, too many options and too many channels of communication actually yeah. put pressure on your business instead of helping. Yeah, I do agree. Yeah, and then you lose pieces. Where was that link? And then you go back and find it. You know, so as I said, all of those, oh, yes, you can put in a, uh, you know, you can now link your Google, your Dropbox or your Google Drive to Slack or Azana or whatever. It's like, so... <laughs> I really just want to stay in one place and do everything in one place. So that's my bugbear about that, which, uh, so as I said, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you later about that. But as I, I think it really is actually something interesting is that everybody's only solving one tiny piece of the problem and I'm finding subscription models unpleasant. Uh, like the principle of the subscription model 
is yeah it, it is it is a problem i know it all adds up because when you look at all the tools you need and every time even if it's a small fee it does add up at the end of the month but on the opposite i've started using some tools who were free and then one year mm -hmm. later yeah. because they couldn't find a way to make it you know sustainable they closed it and i would have been happy to pay even a tiny bit to make it live longer because it was such a good tool mm. in a way paying something every month kind of reassure me that i will be able to use the platform instead of hoping they keep doing it in some sense that's always something that i think of when i know i see a service that doesn't have a paying option i'm always really scared because for me i know it's not sustainable in the long term and in mm. some ways there's going to be trouble Yeah, but I also would like it's like, okay, that's $50 a month. Well, that's $600 a year. Use that for five years, you've given them, you know, $3,000. So mm. none of that software is that expensive to run. None of it, none of it, none of it. So that's the part that bothers me is that there's not always a huge alley. And that's why I'm saying it's like, okay, but solve all my problems. I might think about it, but solve all my problems. Mm. Don't make me go somewhere else. Like I always have to go to Google Drive because I'm not a big fan of Dropbox. Yeah. I find it clunky. This is very undiplomatic of me to speak this way. No, it's fine. Everybody is wired differently. Everybody's going to love yeah. or, you know, really not like yeah. something else. It's not that the product yeah. in itself is bad, but it doesn't yeah. fill the need you have. And that's only fair. You know, you can't please everybody. Yeah. There's always going to be something yeah. that doesn't sit right with some people. I don't think anyone would be uh, annoyed at it. Yeah, no, I don't want to hit it. I mean, as I said, I don't want to, you know, slag anybody. But so I did buy a one-time fee booking system that is is turning out to be very agile. And it's they're putting rolling out new, you know, sort of details and options and things like that. But as, again, I'm, I run a consulting business for 35 years in Italy. And I had none of this. I had zero overhead. I really had my Wi-Fi. That's all I needed. Wi-Fi and a telephone. Mm. So it's almost like net, which I the phone I would have had anyways, the Wi-Fi would have, I would have had anyways. Nothing. And every other project, I mean, it's not that I had no expenses afterwards, but they were always costed into my project. So I'm finding this huge amount of, you know, you need a CRM and then you need a this and then you need a that and then you need it. It's like, guys, can't you just get it all together and get one thing that works or just a couple of things that work really, really well? And I'd be done. I'd be happy. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I just find that whole thing a little bit, that whole thing, uh, opportunistic, Tiring. really, because the those software programs don't cost as much. You know, it's they have huge profit margins, huge, huge, ginormous profit margins. So which I mean, everybody wants to make a profit. But do you really I mean, even if you were to charge me a one hefty lifetime fee or something like that, or I mean, is it really necessary to charge what you're charging for some of those things? I'm not sure that it is. And so people can very easily, especially when they're trying to make their business at the beginning, all of a sudden they find themselves paying all these, you know, you're paying for Zoom and then you're paying for some kind of autoresponder and then you're paying for this and then you're paying for that and you, you need your domain and, and hosting, which is probably the least expensive thing you have. So I, I almost don't even count those. But I just find that there it should be easier and less expensive to run your business at the beginning. But there are ways around it and I know that you're an expert yeah, at that. I do like to bootstrap things and there's going to be more articles on the blog actually to help you Lovely. set up all things on a budget. I know that somebody yeah. instead of using all the sort of course platforms bought a plug a plugin at the very a WordPress plugin I do not know the name of it for their courses at the very beginning and now they're still earning multiple six figures and they never change because their clients are happy she knows how to use it and she's why would I move to anything else it does what I wanted to do and more and everybody's very happy it works very well it looks nice it's easy to use 
And so she bought the one-time plugin. So she's, you know, avoided all those other things. So there are ways. And I think that it's important to, for somebody like you to come out and teach us those ways, because quite often the people who are saying, get this, get that, have affiliate fees, which is fine. I mean, I'm not saying it, it's all fine. It's just that you have to know that as well, that when they're plugging a platform or a service or something, they probably have some kind of an affiliate thing yeah, going on. Yeah, it needs to be clear. I know I'm sharing some affiliate links on my resource page, but I only advise on things that either I am using or I know would be mm -hmm. beneficial for my people. And there are lots of free yeah. stuff. I'll put a picture of my uh, fantastic trick to live stream with your phone. And instead of buying a tripod, you just use an egg box. I have a plate and I have a little plate that sits on top of a basket that has a little thingy behind it that holds up my iPhone. Easy. <laughs> Sorted. And, it, and I move it around and I go here and I go there and I have this little cart that, that's in the house that I'm the flat that I'm sitting in now that has wheels. <laughs> so I just take it wherever the light is. So here's one little trick that I, I don't know whether you, you've probably told people this already. The place I'm staying in now has terrible lighting and it's not my place. And of course, uh, being in Europe, group calls and things like that can quite often be in the evening. So I got just one of those little selfie LED ring lights mm -hmm. that you put on your phone and they're clips and I put it over my on my computer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it works well. And uh, you know what else works well? Just yes. a big sheet of white cardboard and you put it in front of you and that's going to reflect the light yeah. on your face. And it's really, really cheap, but it's something even the pro do uh, during filming. Yeah. And that's a really easy way to get the natural light reflected on you. It's really uh, cheap and cheerful, super light, just white cardboard. I have also have the Lasta light. If they don't want to buy a large piece of cardboard, the Lasta lights that fold into little tiny circles, mm -hmm. they sort of fold in, they sort of fold into like that an, an infinity, yeah. and then they turn into a double. With a two-sided, get the white and don't don't get gold because you're not on a beat. So white and silver, so the two-sided ones. Those are really inexpensive. You can get small ones. I, I have one of those because I used to do a lot of food styling, a lot of styling and food things, food yeah, shoots. Yeah, they're really, really good. Mm -hmm. So, but anyways, that little ring light, because there was just really no light in that place. Like, even if I'd had the piece of white carpet, there was still no light. <laughs> because, mm. So so that, to me, was super helpful. I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. for Because I thought, okay, I'm not staying there. I don't want a box light. I don't want, you know, all those other things. Because I don't know whether I'm going to have, you know, how long I'm going to stay in this one place. So I just got the little ring light. It's like, okay, tiny, tiny ring light that's sitting on my computer. So I like that. I really like Perfect. that. Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. because I think we have to also realize that we don't have to. It's kind of like that equivalent of having those fancy offices, right? Where you have to have the boardroom and you have to have this and you have to have artwork. And it's kind of that same concept, getting all these bells and whistles online and paying all these monthly fees. Just make sure you really, really use them. If you don't use them, just get rid of them. You can always sign up for them another time. There's, or there might even, somebody might come up with something better. Like, I think that we need to also realize that that's, we think that if we have those, it will be easier for us, but it doesn't always work out that way. And sometimes it's just expensive. Yeah, it's good to really listen to how you work, how you like to work and mm -hmm. what you want. And you, you've got better mm -hmm. options. Well, Dana, thank you so much for sharing all of this. I think you've got a challenge that's soon to happen if you want to tell us a bit about it and I'll share the link in the show notes as well for people who want to be in touch and want to take the challenge. It isn't actually a challenge it's a one week sort of little mini course that I'll probably run as a challenge the first time out or I'm, I always have it going on in my group I'm rolling it out soon and it's how to build a values-based business so it's really how to connect to yourself and, and to your deepest needs and understand your clients deepest needs and that's where that connection is going to come And that's, why they'll, that's how they'll stay on 
as your clients, you know, increase the lifetime value of your clients, you'll get better clients and clients that you enjoy more and they'll enjoy you more. So it is sort of like an email drip course, but it is something that I will be doing in the group, but it is how to build a values-based business. Fantastic. Yes. And I can't wait to hear how, what everybody thinks and, and how that shifts their business. And it's for anybody, even if you even if you're earning multiple six figures, it doesn't matter. You can still benefit from something like this. I'll make sure the links are in the show notes. Thank you so much again for coming and sharing so much. I hope everybody joins. Thank you. Pascal, come and hang out with us. Yes, I will. <laughs> you're lovely. It's beautiful always to speak with you. Such a joy. And I just have to tell everybody here that to talk to Pascal, I had to say, I'm going to come on your podcast because she's so busy. So this is really the only way we could catch up. So there you go. I've let the cat out of the bag. Thank you so much. I plead guilty, mighty ones. I've been really busy. Film season has started. And for those of you who don't know, I work in the film industry as a makeup artist and hairdresser. So when film season is on, which is now, I am really, really busy. Big long days, mad hours, but I do love it. I'm not the only one who's been busy. Donna has recently launched Blissed Out Business. So basically she co-create with other online entrepreneur online and offline events. So the next one is in Edmonton, Canada, at the end of the month. So it's really another way of looking at your business. You can have your Akashic Records read both for your sole purpose and your sole business. There's lots of things going on there. Really interesting. So I invite you to check out donnabrown.com slash business. Link in the show note. And I invite you to check my website as well. I'll put the links. If you want next week, starting on the 11th, to take part in a little free challenge, I'll help you set five new habits to help you get more ease and flow in your business on the tech side. So do join in, do check out those links and expect new episode really soon. I'm catching up with my editorial calendar. I've got some great guests for September. Bye, mighty ones.